Welcome into the Hops and Spirits Kentucky podcast. That's right, the Q&A has a new name. Just a slight rebrand to make it a little more focused on what we actually do. We're still talking food, drinks, art, fun in Kentucky, and maybe slightly beyond. But the Q&A will now be kind of what our main conversation is. If you've ever listened to our bar conversations, you kind of know how we do the tasting notes and then the conversation. That's what we'll be doing here, but instead of the tasting notes, we'll do news and notes in Kentucky on all those realms uh, relating to the alcohol world. And then we'll have our Q&A with our guest. So uh, what's uh, happening this week in the world of alcohol here in Kentucky? Well, World of Beer closed at the summit at Fritz Farm in Lexington. It opened in 2017. It was known for serving local, regional, and nationwide craft beers. Um, Also, Poor Decisions, especially Cocktail Bar, located in downtown Lexington, has closed, although the owner said they are looking for a new location. But for those in Lexington, don't worry, it's not all bad news. This Saturday, Mirror Twin Brewing is hosting Hazelpalooza 2022 as they're dropping six different variants of New England IPAs. As my wife lovingly refers to those as NEPAs, you can get more information on all those on their social media. And for those that maybe love something a little more strong, uh, Copper and Kings has released its first ever bourbon. And through the summer months, distillery guests can get a taste exclusively on its barrel-to-bottle experience, which costs about $35 for the tour and $65 for the hand-filled bottle of whiskey. And for you Buffalo Trace lovers out there, they announced plans to create a new tourism and dining destination that is scheduled to open in 2023. The new venue will be constructed where the BP gas station is currently, where you uh, go into the distillery. They own that property. Uh, Gas operations will end in August, and groundbreaking will be held this fall. Well, let's not waste any more time. And up next is our Q&A with Mark Wombles, owner-chef at Heirloom in Midway and distilled on Jefferson in Lexington. Enjoy. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for the Q&A, he's the owner-chef at Heirloom and Mid- Midway and distilled on Jefferson and Lexington, Mark Wombles. Mark, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me. And I said it right, correct? Did I get your last name right? Wombles, you got it right on the first, <laughs> first time. Well, I, I was a little worried. It, how often does that get mispronounced? Uh, well, just to give you an idea, I mean, I, I have to spell it pretty much everywhere I go, you know, doctor's appointment, you know, get my car worked on pretty much everywhere. So it's, it's not a name that you hear, um, that much, uh, in the States, I think in, um, England, Wales, it's uh, it's a name that you hear very often, but here in Kentucky, um, in the States, you don't hear it very often. However, there is one more, uh, Mark Wombles in, in town here, believe it or not, which is <laughs> of not completely odd. And it's not false identity or fake identity. There really is another Mark Wombles. So. <laughs> well, well, can you tell us about you, the, the this Mark Wombles, <laughs> a little bit about sure. yourself? Well, let's see. Uh, I'll just go back to the very start. I was born in Florida, uh, Winter Park, Florida, and um, lived down there until I was about five. My parents moved up here to Lexington. Um, went to Sayre School and then um, uh, Dunbar for high school. Uh, had a very short stint at uh, uh, UK, and um, I, I like to, to party a little bit, <laughs> and that 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 was why it was a short stint. And um, got a job at uh, American as prep cook. That was back in uh, gosh '96. I did actually before that lived in Colorado and snowboarded for a couple of years. Um, in between. And, um, so anyway, I, I worked American first job and that's when I probably figured out that, Hey, I might have a future, you know, in the culinary arts. And, um, 
shortly thereafter and went to culinary school in San Francisco. Um, that was right around 1998. Um, lived out there till about 2001 in uh, San Francisco. Went to California Culinary Academy and um, came back, uh, worked the circuit in Lexington, a few different spots um, and opened Heirloom in 2006. So that's what, that's where it all started, you know. <laughs> well, and, and, and you're, you're, everything's kind of grown for you. Like I said, you're ownership of, of two different restaurants right now. What are your, your roles there these days? Are you still in the kitchen? Are you still getting, you know, in there with everyone or, or are you a little more on the business side? Uh, it's definitely more business heavy right now. Um, managing people is, is a very hard task to do sometimes, you know, but um, it, it's a big challenge. Um, when I was in the kitchen all the time, I felt that to be kind of easier than managing people, believe it or not. Um, but nowadays, uh, there's not a day that I'm not in the kitchen really doing something, you know. Um, so I'll kind of float back and forth between the restaurants, heirloom during the day, uh, distilled at night right now. But um, I'm kind of all over the place, you know, front of the house, back of the house, just kind of the whole, the whole gamut. Well, you you got the big title, so you, you get to do it all, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, wash dishes, you name it. So, now I was reading when I think you were you were growing up, you were never a picky eater. Your mom and your parents had a, a garden, so you always kind of had fresh vegetables. Is that kind of maybe where all of your love for food started? I mean, it, it seems like you might have been destined for this. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, I was exposed to a lot of different foods when I was young. Um, my mom and dad did have a very large garden, which had pretty much everything in it. I mean, you name it, they had it pretty much. Um, and that that went on for most of my youth. I think as, as I got older, I don't think they they did the garden as much because it, it is a lot of work, mm -hmm. you know, so they just kind of grew out of it. But um, I mean, I do remember at a young age, my mom would expose me to a lot of different foods, you know, I'm thinking. I think at age five, I was eating, you know, like a uh, shrimp cocktail, which a lot of kids probably wouldn't be eating that, at, <laughs> no. at age five, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think I've always been into food and nowadays it's kind of expanded to um, health, you know, so I'm kind of like a more, you know, healthy eater these days. I, I really watch what I eat, um, you know, a lot of fish, lean meats, um, you know, vegetables, that sort of thing. So I try to, you know, stay in shape and eat well, you know. Well, and, you know, you mentioned it kind of when you were talking about just giving a background on yourself, America is kind of where things may have jumped off for you in, in the culinary world. Is that exactly kind of where, when you knew you wanted to maybe be a chef or was it just more, Hey, I might want to work in the kitchen and see where that goes or how did that process? No, no, that, that is where it took off. Um, because I, I had a friend that went to culinary school and it sounded, you know, exciting, intriguing. And, um, but I didn't know if I could do it. You know, I was like, man, it sounds, it sounds like hell in the kitchen, <laughs> which I mean, in all honesty, it, it, it really is. Um, but, you know, at the time I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be cut out for this, but I'll give it a try and just see what happens. And turns out I was really fast at prepping, really fast at doing stuff. Um, so that, that helped out a lot. And um, I realized, hey, I might have a future in this, you know, went to culinary school out in San Francisco and out there I got to see everything, you know, it was a, it's a, it's a great spot to, to live and, and go to school. And, ex you know, you have great restaurants out there, wine, 
produce, you know, you have, you have everything out there. So. I was going to say, what was it like going out there? And did, did you look anywhere else or was California kind of where you knew you wanted to go? Yeah, we looked at um, Hyde Park CIA, Culinary Institute of America. And, but I'm not really like a winter person, so to speak. So up there, you know, it's upstate New York. It's, it's cold. It's, um, you know, I thought, well, California, you know, ocean beach, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's a um, little bit more my lifestyle, what I wanted to do. And, you know, all the food that's out there, it's just, it's amazing, you know, seafood and everything. So that's what kind of pushed me out there. And I wanted a different experience. I want to go out to the West coast and experience that, you know, being born on the East coast. So. You Expand know. your horizons, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, you know, you're, you're also able to kind of do that. I, I feel like when you're, you come through, you kind of said you hit the circuit in, in Lexington, I think even up in Cincinnati, what was it like working in different kitchens and just gaining some different knowledge and being able to maybe even use some of that to this day? Well, I think really, I mean, everyone I've worked for, every cook I've been around, I've learned something from, and I still try to, to, to this day. I think that's what's made me become a better chef at age 46 is just every single person I've tried to hire talent. And I think that being around talent that much, you know, you're only as good as who you're around. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that I've definitely learned a lot, you know, good and bad from people I'm around, you know, like, Hey, I don't ever want to do that. Or, you know, gosh, this is, this is great. The way he did this, you know, how can I expand on that? You know, and I think being around a lot of different personalities has helped me, you know, to know people and how to um, uh, manage people a little bit better. Well, and then, as you mentioned, early 2000s, you launched Heirloom in Midway. What pushed you to go, you know, the route of opening your, your own restaurant? And why did you want to do that? My father, actually, he, uh, he actually came across a building in uh, Midway that was for sale. And I think, I want to say at the time, it was, it's like advertised as 1800 square foot or something like that. So I was like, dad, I was like, there's, there's no way it's not big enough for a restaurant, <laughs> you know, <laughs> And he's like, oh, no, it's, it's perfect size. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, and, and he pulled the trigger on it. And um, we, we opened it up, knocked some walls down. It turned out to be a little bit bigger than we thought. I think it's right around 2,000 square foot. Um, and we were able to, you know, have the dining room and kitchen the size we wanted. We, are, we still struggle, struggle for space out there a little bit. But, I mean, for the most part, it's, in my opinion, a perfect size. You know, it's not too big. Something's lost when a restaurant's too big. And, um, you know, you, you've got to have a certain size to, you know, make a profit. So um, I think really it's it's perfect size. Very um, efficient, I should say. Well, it allows you to have have character and, and kind of use use the space to, you know, bring some uniqueness in it. And, you know, the, the name Heirloom, what, what drew you to that? And, and why did you settle on that for, for the restaurant? Okay, well... Since we were going to open a restaurant in Midway, there's a lot of um, um, antique stores out there. So that's where I came up with heirloom. And then I have a fascination with, you know, produce, heirloom produce, heirloom tomatoes, anything heirloom. So it kind of, in my eyes, it kind of tied, tied together pretty nicely. And you had no other names? It was just, you know, that kind of just rose to the top I, as you were checking out? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I did actually have... Um, a lot of other names. I'm not going to tell you because they were just <laughs> horrendously stupid. And um, looking back on them, I was like, gosh, you know, what if I'd named it that? I, I probably would have been out of business in three months just because of the name. It's just so <laughs> stupid. But um, 
when I hit that one, I think I pretty much just nailed it. And um, there was there was no turning back. I was like, okay, that's that's the name, you know. And you know, when folks get to to go out there and get to enjoy it, what what can they expect when when they get to sit down at Heirloom? Well, we pride ourselves on having a high quality experience. You know, from the service to food, um, everything's fresh. You know, made in house, um, unique. You know, we don't want you to go and have a steak and potato or you know something just totally run of the mill. It's got to be you know, unique, creative, and something that you're probably not going to find around this area. That's what we strive for. And, you know, for, for those that may not know, you know, yes, the, the podcast focuses on Kentucky, but they may not have been, know where Midway is. It's actually got a pretty good restaurant, you know, scene, oh, yeah. scene there. What's, what's it like being part of kind of a really small town, but that just loves and supports restaurants and, and the food scene? Well, I think it's great because I think when you have successful restaurants that are kind of right next to each other, there is uh, cross pollination. So, you know, my clients might go up the street to another restaurant, you know, their clients might come to my, come down to me, you know, so it, it kind of, we kind of work together as a community. And, um, you know, if you have eight restaurants in a, a small little town, it's going to pull people, more people to come there versus if you just have one, you know, that's there. I think it's, I think it really helps out and, and it always has, it's always been, you know, really good out there as far as business. So. Well, and, and, you know, you, like I mentioned, you don't just have heirloom, you also have distilled on Jefferson and it's mm-hmm. moved around a little bit from, from its start. Um, yes. Can you talk about distilled and how it came about and, and where it's at now? So distilled, uh, we opened in 2014 at the, the Sire Hotel, which was Gratz Park at the time. And at the time, I thought going into a hotel, oh, this is like gangbusters. We're going to kill it. We're in a hotel. We have a captive audience, you know, that's, excuse me, that, that, that's already here, you know, staying here. But what we didn't realize is when people stay at hotels, they go out of the hotel to eat. They want to take a walk, you know, with their wife or whatever and go, go away. So we kind of missed that boat. Um, we don't have near the business you know, or we did not have near the business that we have now there. Um, so moving to Jefferson was just a, a solid move for us. We've probably quadrupled the amount of people we serve there, you know, just being on Jefferson. And Jefferson is another one of those little, you know, communities where there's a bunch of restaurants. They all do pretty well because of cross-pollination. So, I was going to say, what what is that kind of what drew you out to Jefferson or, or was, you know, that just a spot that opened up and you, you liked it? How, how did you settle on Jefferson out there? So we, we had been looking for, I mean, in all honesty, probably three years for a spot to move and we were waiting for our lease to be up and, and all that good stuff. But, you know, we had, we had found some spots and, um, you know, looking back, they probably would not have worked because the parking was horrible. Um, they were off the beaten path um the rent was too high or you know whatever it was but during the pandemic nick ron shut down and um i immediately got on the phone and i was like hey i want to come down and see the spot you know right away and um i there was no doubt in my mind that 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 location would work for us you know i just i knew it would work so uh you know we signed the lease uh and we closed distilled at the old location and moved everything over, got everything done, and opened in less than two weeks. 
I mean, I got some gray hair (laughs) from that one. Um, That was, that was a rough time. I mean, I don't think I had a day off in like three or four weeks with, you know, starting the move and then ending and just being in the new spot. It was quite, quite stressful, but um, yeah, looking back, I'm not sure how we did that really. That was uh, quite a few, but we had a lot of help from the staff, the cooks, uh, the chefs. I mean, everybody kind of helped out and, I do want to say, I mean, I do lean a lot of my staff right now. You know, it's not a one-man band, you know, in, in my business. And, um, you know, I've got some great talent, great chefs, great servers, great cooks, uh, dishwashers, you name it. I mean, they all play in, you know, a very big role in the success of those two restaurants. Seriously. So. Well, and, and you know, you, you mentioned it, you know, being able to move distilled and, and being able to launch a second restaurant, you have to have a good team behind you and, and good folks that you can leave and trust things to when, when people get to visit distilled, what, what can they expect and how does it differ from, from heirloom? Well, I think it's maybe a little bit more casual, you know, it's more of like a neighborhood fill. Um, what else? I mean, the, the, the food is kind of similar, you know, we, we kind of use a lot of the same products and so forth. We share a couple, couple items there for, for each menu at uh, heirloom and distilled. But um, I think the vibes a little bit more casual is is the main difference, you know. And then you know the the name distilled. I'm guessing an ode to the world we live in in Kentucky of, of bourbon and, uh, and spirits. Partly, <laughs> partly, and and what I wanted to do is kind of take fine dining and distill all the ingredients out of it that make it snobby, that make it you know uptight and so forth, and have a more casual atmosphere that still focuses you know, on quality of food, you know, to have a fine dining experience, but to not have, not feel like that you're uptight or, you know, if that makes sense. I like like that a lot. And, you know, as I I mentioned, you've got the two restaurants, what's it like balancing those two, you know, and them being sort of close because, you know, Jefferson's at least on on the side of town closer to to Midway. So you're at least a little bit closer, Um, but what's it like balancing those and and having that staff that's able to kind of help you out? Squeaky wheel gets the grease. So, you know, I'm constantly, if there's a problem at heirloom, I'm out there. If there's a problem at, you know, distilled, I'm there. Um, Splitting time is, it's gotten easier over the years. Um, Having a good team helps out. Uh, The pandemic has created some stresses on staffing of course, you know, so, um, that, that's always kind of like an issue, but, uh, I mean, for the most part, I think we've been pretty lucky on, on filling staffing issues and so forth, but, um, it's, but what I could say to answer the question is it's always something new every day. You know, you just, you don't know you, what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where you'll end up. <laughs> you, you really don't, or what will break or, you know, who knows? Who knows? So it's a, it's very exciting. <laughs> I, I, I like that, that phrasing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you, you did have a, another restaurant there for a good little while. Uh, I believe Mezzo and Midway. That's, oh, yeah. why, why did you decide? I think you, you had it for about six years or so. Why, what made you decide to maybe move on and focus on just the other two? You know, hindsight, I, I just think that we probably didn't spend enough time and energy on Mezzo. Um, Staffing was an issue there. There was a lot of overhead in that building. It was very, it was a hard nut to crack as far as profit wise. It, the space was just not efficient. It was hard to work with. 
Um, the kitchen was not arranged correctly. Um, and to fix that problem, you know, we, you know, we did not own the building, so it would have cost a lot of money to, to alleviate the kitchen problem as far as being efficient and so forth. And, um, and that's why, you know, labor was always kind of high over there, labor percentage and so forth. So yeah, for those reasons, we just kind of thought, well, you know, this would probably be a good time to, to call it, to, you know, call it quits on this one and just focus on the, the other two. And, and for, for those other two, what, what do you, you guys have anything fun up the, up your sleeves the rest of the summer and the fall, or what can folks look forward to menu wise as, as seasons change and, and so forth? Well, we always change the menu, you know, with the seasons. So, you know, whatever's in season right now is what you're going to see on the plate pretty much. So, you know, I mean, we try to change the menu four to six times a year, you know, based on product we can get, you know, tomatoes should be coming in soon. So, you know, we'll have a uh, gazpacho or uh, like an heirloom tomato salad, you know, something like that. So we, we always try to, you know, stay current with what's available from farmers and so forth. And then, you know, as I mentioned, you, you, you own, own two restaurants, chef at, at both. You've had another, what's, what's next for you? Just focusing on those two and hoping to grow those or, 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 or what, what do you got up your sleeves that you can tell me and not get yourself in trouble? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, to be totally honest, I don't have anything in the works at the moment. I think, you know, the whole pandemic has kind of put breaks on myself as far as opening anything else. Uh, staffing would be a huge hurdle to get over right now to open a brand new restaurant. I, um, I know there's a few people opening restaurants right now and I'm kind of, kind of concerned. I just don't see, understand where they're going to get staff from. And, um, that that's keeping my thoughts at bay right now, but it keeps me busy with my, my kids sports. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what's going on right now. Um, you know, I tell people I don't even watch professional sports anymore. I watch my son play soccer or, you know, basketball or my daughter play soccer or um, I'm just really, really, I guess that's my other passion right now. <laughs> hey, that's a, those are, those are yeah. good passions. And, and, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and what's it, I mean, I guess too, uh, you know, balancing that family life with the restaurant life, because the restaurant life is a lot of, you know, evening time and things like that. How, how does that balance go for you? It's, it's, it's always a challenge seriously um you know where i'm in the restaurant business i work at night so you know don't get home till 9 9 30 which is not horrible in my industry um but i mean for that reason i've kind of made that the cutoff so that i can get home before they go to bed and so forth um when school starts it's a little bit more difficult um you know we get up get them out the door at like 6 a.m you know, so it's quite the grind when school's going on to get up at 6 a.m. after you work at night, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, some days, literally, I'll just see them in the morning, you know, for about 30 minutes and I won't see them again because they'll, you know, be in bed when I get home. So that's that's tough. And, you know, my weekend Sunday, Monday. So Sunday, I get to see them, of course. And then Monday, they're at school. So I'll get to see him that evening. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. We, we make the best of it, you know, and um, just how it is. And, and do they love coming out and checking, eating at heirloom and, and distilled? Oh, yeah. and <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. They always come in the kitchen and ask for cookies and, and ice cream and stuff like that. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they, they're, they're living the good life. And, and Mark, I appreciate you, you sharing a little bit about your journey and, and being able to talk about heirloom and, and distilled and, and some of the amazing things you're able to do. 
Well, hey, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.